Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University offers over 175 high-quality online programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, it's a storm of spoilers. This week, we've collected questions of all kinds from you, the listeners, and we answer as many as we can. We'll even end with a lightning round of topics that were suggested and if we will or won't ever do episodes on them. Also, some Game of Thrones questions, you know, for good measure. So, kick back, relax, and be answered. Welcome back to the Storm of Spoilers off-season tour. My name is Dave Gonzalez, and if the Russians had anything against me, it would be that I haven't paid taxes on any of my golden bathroom equipment. The shower, the toilet, the sink. Um, my name is Joanna Robinson, and if the Russians had anything against me, it would be the folder of Ewan McGregor photos that I kept on my iMac all through college. There were and, a lot of them, <laughs> and a lot of them involved kilts. Okay, the end. And I'm Neil Miller, and if the Russians had anything on me, they would know that I once shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Or that was that Johnny Cash. That, that, Who knows? Both men wearing black. Yes. They'll never know which one it was. One of them was named Sue. Mm-hmm. I basically just did How Johnny Cash's whole thing. Anyway. This now you're gonna die. Into a Johnny is the Cash is the you and McGregor thing real? Yeah, I thought we were doing real things. But I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, that's how we tricked Joanna <laughs> into talking about her Ewan McGregor file. I mean, I yeah. think you guys probably already knew that. But to our listeners, you're welcome. I know you enjoyed that. <laughs> Well, I imagine you're tuning in as because you're a fan of this show, Storm Spoilers, because it usually talks about Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones isn't on. And then we usually cover pop culture topics, but that's not what we're doing this episode. We have a uh, mailbag episode, so we have questions from you, tweeted, emailed, sent telepathically, and we're going to address as many as we can. Uh, so a lot of them have to do with pop culture, some of them have to do with superheroes, some of them are questions about our lives. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. But first, we get to hear from you, uh, I guess, not asking questions, but leaving reviews with Joanna. Yeah, this is a long one, so I am going to pace myself through it. Are you ready? Yeah. It's by Tramp Lamps. Five stars. I should say we got a negative review. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we got a, well, three-star review from Haspita. And I just want to say that, that, like, this is what leads off the review. Joanna Robinson praising Russell T. Davies over Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who run. That says enough, really. So that person doesn't really like us and doesn't 
and really doesn't like that I think Davies was better than Moffat. On okay, I think three stars and that statement. Maybe the rest of the review is a little bit more harsh, but that seems valid to me. Um, <laughs> um you know what? I'm just going to read the whole the whole review to give it context. <laughs> Good for spoilers and news. Joanna Robinson praising Russell T. Davies over Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who run. That says enough, really. These guys are good at getting spoilers, so points there, and the production quality is good. But their commentary and critiques of Game of Thrones and their various other targets, Westworld, Sherlock, make them seem a little too cool for school. Not so much fans of their subject matter. I tend not to enjoy a fan cast from people who find more problems to discuss than cool insights into whatever program I like. I don't want to disagree with the hosts mentally defending a show I enjoy, but rather learn more about the show to enhance my experience as a fan. So. Oh, I think that's that, that's a uh, valid. Sure. You, you, you could leave that valid review under five stars, and I think it would just be just as valid. Well, I, I mean, it's it's valid that Hespita has that as an opinion. That's fine. That's a fine opinion to have. Yeah. But um, from a fan perspective, I disagree with the point of view that if you are critical of a show, it means you don't like the show. Um, to me, this review sort of leans into the trend that I find troublesome. And I'm not saying this particular reviewer is all in on that, but the trend that I find troublesome that I, you know, often attribute to sort of the Chris Hardwickian approach to fandom, which is all positivity all the time, no critiques ever. And if you critique something, that means you're not a true fan. And I, I, that, that philosophy sort of makes me bristle a little. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess yep. it's just I've I've so early got into the game when it was like you distinguish yourself by shit talking everything. So I I don't I don't mind the 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 pull and the tug of fandom. All I'm saying is that if fi, under five stars, that review is just as valid to me. Well, why would he give us five stars when he doesn't like the fact that we criticize some of the things that we talk about? Oh, to help to help us out on iTunes, but to also get okay. us some. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a five star review from Tramp Lamps, who says, "How the Off Season is the best book of the series." Uh, Tramp Lamps says, "I started listening to the podcast a few years ago after being excited by the Internet's Northern Conspiracy. Even though this podcast was not associated with my initial excitement, I had been lit up by how that particular theory." had been established through clues one could have only arrived at by cited text passages. Since I am a non-book reading fan of this material, and I want all the conspiracies and all the cited text and future thoughts, well, I think we all know what happened. Because you are reading this, I write this review not because of the show's traditional Game of Thrones seasonal reviews, which are great, but because of the newly hatched off-season episodes. I'm so glad I decided to listen to these. I was hesitant at first, worried that I would not want to listen to something I had not seen or wasn't familiar with. But that quickly changed. For it was a random episode in the summer of 2016 where I heard mention of the Con of Thrones convention. The excitement was palpable since this event is happening in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee in 2017. I paused my podcast, went online, contacted for vendors, and booked and purchased my booth so that I might fulfill my destiny of selling my tramp lamps. Yes, mortals, I make lamps out of corsets and bustiers. What better opportunity to present my very strange, unique Illuminati's, and Nauties is spelled like N-A-U-G-H-T-I-E-S, <laughs> to the best possible crowd in the known realm. I know this is like an ad for tramp lamps, but I don't mind. Ha- that, that was my aside. I just, I, Joanna, just said, I know I'm basically reading an ad for this person's thing, but I don't mind. <laughs> Had I not been listening to the offseason on one episode this last summer, I would have missed this booth reservation, and I would not get to meet what I hope will be many of my fellow Storm of Spoiler listeners, so we can all find out if Joanna is possibly doing a very twangy impression of my 
native Nashvilleian accent, which I worked very hard to get rid of since I was back in college in Clarksville, getting me one of them fancy liberal arts degrees in the theater a bunch of moons ago. That is if she reads this. Thank you so much for the creation of the offseason. I know you guys work on so many other projects and that the criticism and praise is ebb and flow. And one stinky review is sometimes the one that rattles on repeat. But just know those of us who listen to you in our studio while we work on making art out of underwear truly appreciate what you do for us. I hope you can come see it for yourselves. And I hope to see many of you at the uh, the Grand Ole Opryland for Con of Thrones this year. Thank you so much, Storm Swellers, for igniting more than just my headphones each time you post a new episode. Callie. So that was long. That's a review. But worth it. (laughs) That is a review. There was so much positivity (laughs) and synergy. Got all of our brands together. A tramp lamp carry on coming back from Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) Illuminati's like great pun. What more could you ask for? So yeah, no, I mean that, that was just everything all at once. Got even got a little con of Thrones. Yeah. uh, A little plug plug in there. Yeah. Yeah. So thank Man. you to Kelly, and also thank you for the other review, the three star review. Like I, I'm, I love all the reviews. Obviously, maybe I love the five star ones more, but you know. Well, thank I mean, you, the, you could give us five stars and yell at us, is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, if, if, if you <laughs> Dave, like your valid opinions, Dave will let's take game the system together. Right? <laughs> any feedback for five stars? <laughs> yeah, we almost took stickers for five stars this one time, <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still remembering it. Yeah, that was. Uh, but before we before we move on to more juicy tidbits like that, uh, let's hear about some things I didn't take stickers for. And we're back. Um, I'm assuming you didn't have any Game of Thrones ne- news, Neil, because you've you've taken nope. it off the agenda. Nope. Well, I I figured we needed enough time for all of these uh, many many questions that we got. So we're gonna well we'll talk Game of Thrones next week. It'll can I for sure? Can I quickly say two like very inconsequential things? For sure. sure. One, Maisie Williams has braces now. It's fun and exciting. But <laughs> but but two, you should not get a, like worried about her because uh, Liam Cunningham said at the Golden Globes that they are wrapping shooting at the end of February, I think, or the beginning of February, maybe. So like she could just easily be done with her shooting, and that's all. So Game of Thrones will wrap next month. And Maisie Williams has braces now. We will get worried if she doesn't get them off before next season starts shooting. Maisie Ma- Williams braces watch 2017. Yep, it's on. So. Oh, I needed somebody's face to watch. Now we know who's. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I guess Neil's going to be reading most of these questions, except mm-hmm. for this first one. This first one comes with a, a special request. Yes. Yeah, I'm supposed to do it in a Texan accent, says Noel from Dallas. <laughs> I am not good at accents, so this is just going to be humiliating for everyone. So it's like, what's going what, what's to happen when Game of Thrones is over? I expect an episode or two about reflected on the series as a whole, but what about after that? I don't want to lose y'all. That was pretty nice. good, right? Yeah, yeah. no. no it, wasn't, uh, I think, it wasn't nearly as julepy, mid julepy as mine, I think. Oh, it just started to pull there right in the middle, and I had to pull back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Well, yeah, and, and, and Noel's uh, inquiry, he needs me to arbitrate over whether or not this is uh, Texan. I will say that's it's more Texan, at least what I'm familiar with, than, than Joanna's... Uh, um, What's the movie that I was making fun Steel of? Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. <laughs> uh, you know, 
So I think, you know, not bad. Very subtle. That actually sounds like somebody who probably lives about 30 miles outside of Austin and uh, comes into town every once in a while. So, you know, we'll keep developing this. I think that we need to start working on the Nashville accent for Mm -hmm. when we get to Nashville and we'll have to have a Nashville accent off or something. Is Nashville like Louisville? Like are you supposed to say Nashville? Louisville? Nashville? Nashville? Uh, Oh, God, it's been so long since I've been there. Nashville? I don't know. We'll we'll find out when our yeah. Listeners if you have thoughts on this, yeah. you can you can contact us uh, as you know stormaspoilers at gmail dot com, which is where we got a lot of these questions, and also Twitter at stormaspoilers. Well, I mean, do we what, for to answer Noel's question? We don't know what's going to oh, happen <laughs> when Game of Thrones is over. <laughs> Uh, we should answer the question. Both either with the show, uh, in life, uh, with Game of Thrones, uh, with A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, no idea. So we're going to take that as it comes. But like, just because the TV show's over, we're you know trying that out now. TV show's not on. Podcast's still going. I like yeah. these guys. Um, I, yeah. Well, I actually think that Game of Thrones will never be over. Um, <laughs> like I feel more and more convinced now that Casey Boys is in charge of HBO that we're going to get a prequel series, and that even if it's not great, uh, it will run for many seasons. So I think, like <laughs> initially, I thought like I could see the light at the end of the Game of Thrones fandom, which is sad and sort of a relief because it's like a, it's ten weeks, so it's a lot. But um. But now I'm starting to feel like it's never going to end, and I have like embraced it, sort of like um, like a frog in a pot of boiling water, where you slowly turn up the temperature, and I'm just like cooking <laughs> out. I'm I'm ready. So yeah, you know the frog well, I mean, dies at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean I fully anticipate dying at the end of this uh, podcast. So <laughs> oh, do God, do you think it's going to so benefit hard. from like unlike Star Wars, which had to get like rest away from George Lucas? Like already the narrative is sort of. There's a the aspect that we're seeing first is outside of George R. R. Martin's control. Do you think that's going to benefit it when it goes forward? Um, no. The opposite. No. You think he's a better world builder and that? Yes. You know. All right. I think I'm on record saying like the further the show stories from his vision, the weaker I think it is. Still, it's still a great show, but I think you know he took decades and is now oh that's the other thing we should say that george r R. martin said today that the next book will be out in 2017 whether or not that's true we don't know but like (laughs) but you know that i mean to that you know on that note george takes a long ass time to build these worlds he's been working on this for decades and you know people coming in and thinking that they could do the same within you know a couple years i you know i don't know anyway yep um, but as we'll talk about later, because we have a question about this, there's all kinds of material they could use. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of break that down here in a little bit. Right. Uh, cool. All right. So that's that's that. I um, my only answer to that question is that uh, according to my Twitter feed, the world is going to end soon. Hmm. So one way or the other, we're in it for the long haul, whatever that means. So we'll see. <laughs> Because we got, you know, this, this might be a record that people find underneath ash in right. like a whatever. Uh, we are preparing to shoot it into space. Uh, <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, cool. 
All right. So moving on to other questions. Uh, this first one comes from our friend uh, Menu at Menu Clear Bomb on Twitter. Long time listener, long time friend of the pod. Manu. Yeah. Uh, excellent, know- excellent beard haver. Mm, yes, respect. Wants to know, uh, or says, I would officially like to request the Why Won't You Do The Walking Dead, as I also dislike that show and want to hear your thoughts. So we'll keep it brief. Um, but what yeah. do you guys think? Uh, why, why, why aren't we doing uh, Walking Dead every week? I mean, I'll say personally that I think that it's a really odd premise for a television show to be adapted in the way that The Walking Dead TV show has. Uh, I totally get the idea of like a bleak, humans are the real monsters and humanity has like depths of horribleness that you, uh, you know, don't see until society breaks down. I'm willing to do that week to week in a like black and white comic book. I don't, I'm not sure I'm willing to do that week to week in living with a, like an hour's worth of characters that I'm supposed to care about and like care about at like an empathy level. So somewhere in the first season, I realized that I wasn't going to enjoy that narrative, uh, even though they did stray from how the comic portrayed like the early points. Uh, they've now, you know, sort of gotten to some of the greater villains and I've touched in with those seasons and I'm still just not interested in b- dwelling in like uh, misery porn uh, every week. So, uh, comic book, Walking Dead, great. Uh, I think I'm up through like issue 120 something before I left off. I'm going to jump back and catch up in a little bit, but uh, television, Walking Dead, not not for me. Uh, yeah, I will say that I think there were a couple seasons there, maybe two seasons, where The Walking Dead was actually a pretty solid show in the middle, three and four, maybe. But now. Um, I, I just don't know how they break out of the endless cycle of Rick and his friends go place, meet new people. Some of those people die either by zombies or by humans, go, you know, and like, I don't think that these new villains that they're bringing up like Negan are really blowing my mind in any way or, or revealing anything to me about the way in which humanity reacts to the zombie apocalypse, which is like, I was uh, I was I'm at these this television critics association two week long presentation thing. I'm only here for a week, but I was at the iZombie pan- panel, and uh, one of the creators of iZombie was saying that you know the reason the zombie genre is so popular right now is because it's wish fulfillment of like what would I a human do in the face of this like threat that feels like something that could happen. And how would I react and how would I survive and how would I endure? And um, I think there's opportunity for both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead to really explore that. But neither have done it in a way that really feels deeply compelling to me. So, yeah. Did and, you and ever now, play, like, the the video no, game? No. The Telltale game? Uh-uh. No. Interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The way I said that, I get asked like almost every day if I've either played the Game of Thrones or the Walking Dead Telltale game. I have played neither Telltale game. So, yeah. Um, Neil, did you play the 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 Walking Dead Telltale game? No. Okay. I'm just wondering because I I don't care about the Walking Dead universe at all. Like, there's there's no universe to it. Is it's America with zombies? 
So True. there's no like there's no built out universe, I guess, to me. Except well, where's Coral? Game, I think the game uh sort of explores like or puts you in what Joanne is talking about, like the end of the, the apocalypse wish fulfillment uh better because it like makes you do things that are like you know, horrible, but it's the right. way you that have to needs do to decisions. Be. Right. And so I'm wondering if like the comic book works for me and like a, a video game works for me. It's just like, why is, why, you know is why? why is this television show being bad? Yeah. I know why. why. Because you make better decisions than the characters on the television show. The characters mm. on the television show are not smart. And I guess my frustration after like three or four seasons of watching The Walking Dead was like, how are they not dead? know about that i think like I mean, they're not smart i don't think that's true but i mean like i i think that some of them are quite smart i think rick as a character really bothers me and that's it's hard to like the one he's the leader he's stupid he's the anyway. leader yeah makes- they're all following rick which is a bad decision yeah, I guess part. I guess their allegiance to Rick is stupid, but like someone like Michonne, like I don't think she's a dumb person. Oh no, she's cool. Yeah. So, but anybody who's following Rick uh, points off. Well, in my book. she's like sleeping with Rick. So anyway, we can we can <laughs> move on with this. My anyway, there's other question which we're not going to fully go into, but he's also asking like, <clears throat> if if this was a sort of a tepid year for Marvel for us, which for me. I would I would give it like a B this year for Marvel. Is there? I just want to answer the question, even though Neil deleted it from the document because <laughs> um, he was asking what they could do next year to re-energize us and like. Well, that is a good question. I have to say that I think this upcoming year for Marvel is going to be Marvel's best year ever. Uh, they've got Guardians. They've got. Um, Thor Ragnarok, and then they've got they kind of have Spider Man Homecoming. They half have Spider Man Homecoming, and for me, I'm excited in order of Thor Ragnarok, Spider Man Homecoming, and Guardians. I'm not saying a lot because I loved Guardians one, and I'm really excited for Guardians two. But I'm even <laughs> you're excited more, in the reverse order that we're getting them. But I'm even more <laughs> excited for Homecoming and for Thor Ragnarok, and uh, I just think you know the uh, you know this is a year we're getting a James Gunn film and a Taika Waititi film. Those are that's incredible. This is a year where they're doing something really exciting with relaunching a beloved character like Spider Man. So I, I just think it's going to be a big year for Marvel. That's all I want to say. It looks like it's going to be Marvel's most fun year. Um, <clears throat> wait, I have a Thank better God. answer for the Walking Dead question before we move on. Yeah. Oh yeah, do it. The real answer is uh, goes back to that review we read earlier, where people think we're. Some we've we've received feedback that we're too negative, and oh, um, I think that there is something to that. We don't like to just shit on stuff. Um, oh, true. We like to be critical of things we love, but the Walking Dead thing would be so overwhelmingly negative uh, that it's not worth doing. I think. Because it that would they would just be it would be depressing for everyone, and we're here to bring light to your lives, so we don't yeah. want to we don't want to uh, espouse overwhelming sadness because I think at least the way I feel is like it I would just be hundred percent terrible on that episode about I think the I'd be Dead. like eighty five percent terrible and right. that's still you don't want to hear that absolutely right. so. 
Okay, cool. Moving on. Uh, we got an email from Brian. Uh, this is about the Golden Globes. Uh, since the Golden Globes were this past Sunday, I was wondering if you guys could talk about your reactions to the show on your next episode. I'd love to hear what y'all have to say about award shows in general, whether you like them or not. If you grew up watching them, highlights from Sunday, uh, and uh, what you would have picked in some of the major categories. I have. Uh, I actually have a really good story for this one. Right. All right. Um, my mom is super into the Oscars to the point where the most prized Christmas present I ever got her was this big book of Oscars history. So when it comes to award shows, I really like that about them. Like it was something that I did with my mom and it's fun to, uh, go to an Oscar party and it's fun to, uh, you know, try and predict who's going to win. And, uh, obviously that's something that I also do professionally now. So, that's cool that I can make money doing that. But um, beyond that, I, you know, they're, they have as much meaning as you want to give them. Uh, but for me, there's a, a sort of personal fun thing about, because even now when I'm not, uh, when I'm 1,500 miles away, my mom will text me on Oscar night and be like, who's going to win? And we'll have an argument about it. Your mom, so, should, your mom should listen to my other podcast, Little Gold Men, about... She absolutely. She just learned about podcasts uh, this last time I was home. Well, she just <laughs> learned how to do them. She knew what they were, right? Oh, so so I'll get I'll get her on that. Yeah, um, I grew up watching yeah the award shows, definitely the Oscars. I don't remember when I started watching the Golden Globes. Um, of course, now I have to watch all of them for my job. Um, I will say for this year's Globes. I was really pleased to see them give love to both Claire Foy and The Crown, which, as you know from listening to this podcast, was one of my top uh, TV shows of the year. Um, I will say I knew they were – well, the thing about the Golden Globes, you know, which you probably already know, but if you don't, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who decides who gets the Golden Globes, they're like cuckoo bananas, and they're famous for making cuckoo bananas choices. And so you really can't – you know, like you can be pleased when something you like wins, but like if they pick something crazy, you can't be surprised. So when like I was, Aaron Taylor Johnson, well, yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson is like the most egregious, probably. But like when I was predicting the Golden Globes for my job, I predicted Billy Bob Thornton for Goliath, even though like no one's seen Goliath. Well, that's not true. I've heard some some good things about it, but like that seemed like exactly the kind of off the wall Mozart of the fucking jungle. Wait, like, did hey. he win? Yeah, he won. We predict that too. Yeah, film school rejects. That, we're probably the only two that did that. <laughs> so, um, so you know, um, they they make crazy choices. So you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too bent out of shape when they pick when they make a wrong choice. But you can be happy when something that you're rooting for wins because it you know shines a little extra light in it. I'm hoping that the crown gets a few more viewers because it won. Um, La La Land is certainly going to get a boost at the box office I'd expect because it, it won so many awards. So that's what I will say about that in terms of like the golden globes themselves is like a piece of entertainment. I thought Jimmy Fallon was like kind of a crap host, to be honest with you. Um, um, Chris, <laughs> cause he couldn't turn it into a Japanese game show. Like he does his <laughs> right. Show. Christopher Rosen of, of entertainment weekly tweeted out Jimmy Fallon as Michael Scott. And I think that was like the perfect description <laughs> of Jimmy Fallon hosting the golden globes. And like, he's better than Ricky Gervais, but like still I, I'm, we were so lucky to have Tina and Amy for as long as we did. And will we ever sit there like again? I don't know. 
But so that's my thoughts on the Golden Globes and award show in general. Dave. Um, I'm, I want to say that my mom's also into award shows, not like into the Oscars like Neil's mom, but into them as like pageantry and has been since I can remember. It's become weirder since like the death of event TV to like my mom will be like, saw the CMTs last night. I'm like, what the shit is going on? But like <laughs> back in the day, you know, your whole family would get together and watch, you know, the Oscars or something. Or like you said, like throw a party. Uh, now I feel like a lot of award shows, uh, I live through clips and uh, news stories. And sometimes for things like the Golden Globes, that's not so bad. Uh, I hope that I don't ever completely give up on the Academy Awards, but I think I watch them more uh, on Twitter now than I do actually on the television. It's because uh, awesome people terms of, like, like me live thoughts, tweet them. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's like the more interested interactions I'm willing to have because outside of like winter winter uh, speeches can be clips and whatnot and I'll hear about the, the better ones later on and then I think we talk about the Golden Globes on this week's fighting in the war room more too so about the actual presentation Word. to not drag this out <laughs> well and I think um, one more thing and then we'll move on uh, the I think what's always important with award shows is that you have a, a contextual understanding of who is giving the awards. So like Joanna yes. said, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is a bunch of foreign journalists who are uh, crazy pants. And then the critics' choice is like the broadcast film critics, and they're really into um, getting their logo on like DVD boxes, so they will go with populist stuff. And then the Academy is not a single small cabal of people it is a very wide swath of uh, everything from people who produce movies to uh, people who uh, run cables at movies on movie sets so the academy is kind of a big huge organization everybody always uh, will say like oh the academy they, they don't like this or they love this uh, there are trends yes but they are not like a small group of people so it's always good to have context and not take it too seriously because otherwise you ruin it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> next question. Um, oh, okay. This is a good question. So at Hardy24 from Twitter for your mailbag, mailbag episode, uh, I'd be keen to know your thoughts on Halt and Catch Fire. For me, one of the best shows on TV recently, and this is part of our uh, very long uh, list that you guys sent in of shows we should probably cover. I think Halt and Catch Fire, though, is one that is a good example of a show that uh, we probably won't do a whole episode on, but I hear is good. Do either of you guys watch Halt and Catch Fire? I watched the first season, which was notoriously not very good, and I watched the whole first season, and then I didn't watch season two, and apparently season two was fucking great. Um, and then I think season three has already happened and then they're doing season four and done. I could be wrong, but, um, I just, it's one of those things where I got so far behind and I just don't see myself being able to catch up. Plus so few people, I mean, this is a terrible thing to say from a practical point of view. So, so few people watch it that even if I spend the time to catch up, like for my job, if I write about it, no one's going to read about it. So that's terrible. Um, and that's like, that's not always my approach to something. Cause I like shining lights on things that people aren't watching, obviously, but um, I've heard it's really amazing. I've heard that they really like, they promoted the female characters to sort of be the center of the show, which started out as like, it's funny. Cause the show kind of started out as these, this like 
in the Mad Men Breaking Bad tradition of like Lee Pace as this like uh, white male antihero and sort of progressed. And then they like uh, promoted the female characters who are played by Mackenzie Davis. And I want to say Kelly Bichet. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but they became sort of, you know, it's like, a, it's a tech. It's, it's, it's a show about tech. Carrie Bichet. There it is. And um, it's a show about, about tech world in what do they call it? The Silicon Prairie in Texas and um, in the eighties. And yeah, I've heard amazing things. I, I'm way far behind. I'm probably never going to catch up. Uh, maybe when I quit my job and have infinite time. Um, there you go. <laughs> like you think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> like we're, we're ever going to be able to stop working and have infinite time. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't seen any Halt and Catch Fire. I think I might have seen like, okay, might have seen like the first two episodes, but it was far enough back and it was the iteration that Joanna was talking about that I was not interested in. Uh, the sort of like anti-hero Texas tech uh, yeah. thing. But if it mm-hmm. did turn into a female-led Texas technology 80s show, I mean, that at least on paper sounds good to me. Yeah, like um, I'm, m- my perception is that Mackenzie Davis, who played this like hacker character, and Carrie Bichet, who I believe is like a programmer, she's working for Texas Instruments in season one. I think they strike out and form their own company. And so it sort of focuses on like what they're doing, which is, which sounds really rad. And yes, right up Joanna's alley. But for some reason, I don't know, man. Sorry. I feel like I've let everyone down. (laughs) Well, it's also weird uh, for me that I've never watched any of it because it's set in Texas, which is where I live. And I love Mackenzie Davis in everything. So strange. But. Stranger things have happened. Sorry, what? Yeah. Here's a question for at Hardy24, because I know you're listening. (laughs) Tweet at us and let us know if we can just skip to the second season. Because if that's the case, I might be able to get caught up. Uh, But if I have to watch a whole first and second season, not probably not happening for any time soon. Cool. So we'll we'll see. There's a question for you. Next one from Jesse in Chicago. This is not pop culture related, but I am fascinated about how y'all got your starts in pop culture commentary and journalism. As someone who went the corporate law school route instead of indulging my love of movies and art, good choice, I would love to get some background on how y'all ended up doing what you're doing, how Joanna ended up at at Vanity Fair, etc. What do you see yourself doing in the next 10 years, this podcast? And <laughs> lastly, she says, starting your own media company seems uh, very in vogue. And uh, there's another question. We'll save that for uh, a minute. So let's, uh, let's, let's start with Joanna, because she got named in this one. Oh, how'd, um, you, how'd you end up where you are? Well, in terms of what I'm going to be doing in 10 years, obviously, I'm going to be watching Halt and Catch Fire, because I will have quit my job <laughs> and have infinite free time. Um, okay, so how I We'll started- still be doing this podcast, because Game of Thrones... <laughs> Uh, spin-off season 25 yeah, will be happening. Exactly. Um, I actually really like my origin story, which sounds insufferable, but I'll say it anyway, which is that, you know, I spent, um, I spent like a decade or so working in bookstores and author events, but I was always a film and TV fan. Obviously I used to volunteer at the Sundance film festival because I was a movie fan and my aunt lived in park city. One, uh, one Sundance film festival, Dustin Rolls, publisher, owner of Pajiba.com, was there, and he wrote a piece sort of complaining about how Sundance was garbage, and he hated it. 
And I emailed him and told him that I thought he was doing it wrong. And I told him how to do it correctly. And I wasn't shitty about it, but, you know. And then Dustin, to his credit, reads every email that people send him and actually listens to people. Did what I told him to do. Wound up loving it and going back to Sundance, like, you know, many years after that. He asked to, or he was in LA when I was in LA once and like we met in a bar and then he asked me to write for his site. I had no writing experience other than like in his comment section. So he asked me to write for his site. I worked for Pajiba for I think about three years. And then uh, the same, a similar thing happened where, you know, Vanity Fair just came knocking and was like, hey, we're expanding our site. Um, we'd like you to apply for this job. And I applied for it never, ever, ever, ever thinking that they would hire me and they did. And three years later, almost exactly three years later, um, I am still at Vanity Fair. So that's my story. Yay. Yay. That's, <laughs> I think I'm trying to think about, does that mean we've known each other for like four years? I think thereabouts. Yeah. Ah, huh, time flies. Um, when, it's a, when you're having fun. It's not just when you know somebody. Anyway, not important. <laughs> um, uh, mine's okay. To make money, I started reviewing pornography for a site called sexherald.com. Yes. I did that through college. <laughs> After college, where I went for screenwriting, I sort of like started my own production company, but to make money outside of that, moved from porn blogging into gossip blogging. Uh, I worked for a site called Hollywood.tv, which wanted 99 posts a day, but those posts could be two sentences long. So I learned how to do image-based commentary gossip blogging. Uh, that eventually led me into a blog network, which I was able to jump over to a film and uh, gossip uh, sites that they let me managing edit and then uh, sort of through that and then contributing to other places I pulled myself out of the gossip side into the film and pop culture side uh, by force of will and by hanging out with people like uh, David Ehrlich and Katie Rich and Matt Patches who we were all, you know, like hanging around deciding to do stuff and uh, it provided a support structure so you weren't necessarily like the crazy one in your group for thinking you could uh, have a life writing, writing on the internet. Because at the time, transitioning out of magazines, let me tell you, there was some debate, I remember, really early <laughs> on about whether we were all crazy. Yeah, porn blogging, that's how it have we ever Have we ever solved that question of whether we're all crazy? I feel like it's still kind of up in the air. Well, I mean, we definitely did the right thing by not clinging to magazines, like Mm. print magazines, Joanna. You could cling to magazine companies. But, like, none of us are 100% print features. I'm very offended. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Vanity Fair has a magazine? Uh huh. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a website. The (laughs) VanityFair.com magazine. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, Is it my turn? Oh, I guess it's yeah. my turn. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a good origin story. I'll be honest. Uh, I worked, I, w- I went to school for psychology, and um, that's about as useless as an English degree. Um, and, unless you want to go and be a th- like a therapist, which uh, not great. I'm not good at uh, listening. 
I guess, if you ask any of my <laughs> ex-girlfriends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but no, I worked in retail and I actually, it was funny. I had a friend and we uh, we worked in retail together. And uh, on every Tuesday we would go and we would see a movie and then we would sneak into another movie. And we did this every week. And eventually we just decided uh, to start writing reviews online. And that's when I came up with Film School Rejects. And that was in 2006. And I've been sort of doing that for 10 years. Uh, or 11, 11 years now. And uh, it's sort of built over time. And that's really it. And that's how I met uh, you lovely uh, humans. Yeah. Uh, to do this podcast is we learn because we've been good friends with Pajiba, so that's where I met Joanna, and then uh, through all of the aforementioned New Yorkers, uh, that's how I met Dave, and uh, that's yeah. I don't have a good origin story. Sorry, guys. The I, fighting. I started in the war a media room. company. <laughs> the fighting in the war room uh, music breaks are based off of one of your previous podcasts, dance breaks. I used oh my to god! To that podcast, and you guys would have a dance break, and I'm like. Fuck, I want like awesome music in the middle of my podcast. If I ever have a podcast. So thanks for that. Right. We had a dance break. I forgot about that. Was, uh Fat Guys at the Movies, right? I have I do I don't oh, no, no, remember no. which was, one it was. Reject uh, Radio, maybe? It was Reject Radio when we did uh on Film School Rejects, myself and Scott. Yeah, we used to have a dance break. And we literally did get up and dance. So oh yeah. There. We did it we you, did it. As once. you should for all music breaks that I program. Yeah, we did it once. Uh, we were at Fantastic Fest, and we um, were doing a live show. Well, not live, but like a on location record in the highball, and we got up and started dancing in the middle of it, and people thought we were weird. But you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. All right. So Jesse also Very had exciting. one more question, which was: Secondly, why does Neil hate the Big Bang Theory? And I feel like y'all can figure this one out for yourselves. What's t- what's not to hate about the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, it's, uh, it's have, not just Neil, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I have the most offensive way, but that is somehow accurate that it's been described to me by somebody else. Is it feels like uh, like the blackface of geeks? Yeah, I'm like it uh, really huh. does. No, no, yeah, I I might have told you that because um, <laughs> my friend Adam said that years ago. He calls it nerd minstrel show. Um, it re- yeah, it, I yeah. I think our friends need to meet each other. <laughs> they would have a lot to talk about just right off the bat. Oh wait, your friend? Yeah, sorry, I, I I misheard you. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think it's like lowest common denominator. Playing nerd culture for laughs, not laughing with, but laughing at. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not going to say I've never watched the show because I have. Like, I don't, I wouldn't characterize it as hate. uh, But I would say I have some healthy disdain. But sometimes we watch garbage. So I've I've watched it. Sorry, if you love the Big Bang Theory and we're just shitting all over it, I apologize. Well, I've bought Big Bang Theory seasons for my father because I love my father and he loves the show. I, but I can't, like, I'll watch it with him, but he'll be like, isn't this funny? Or he'll be like, remember those Big Bang Theories? And I respond like I do because you love your father, not because I agree with the, anything that the show is, or that I've seen on the show, at least. Yeah, it's. I think anything that traffics in just 
horrifically lazy stereotypes is bad. Like I've seen people go to the Genius Bar at the Apple Store and say, oh my God, you guys are nerds. Do you like the Big Bang Theory? Um, that would literally be like walking into like a black church and be like, do you guys love fried chicken? That's super offensive mm-hmm. to some people. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it traffics in uh, sort of a stereotype of uh, our kind of people. You know, we like those people. Those people are great. They're actual humans, uh, not like characters on The Big Bang Theory. So take that. All right. Boom. So, uh, you know, that's that's that. Sorry, sorry to go. We're going to go to a break on a downer and we'll be right back. And we have returned and we will continue uh, this inquisition. I like to call it the readership inquisition because no one expects it. Mm hmm. This question comes from at Bradley of Martin, uh, another longtime follower. We got questions from a lot of uh, listeners, both new and old, which we greatly appreciate on all sides. But uh, Sir Bradley of Martin wants to know, after seeing Andrew Garfield and Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. kiss at the Golden Globes, I want to know this. What are your favorite buddy cop movies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love absurdity. That's good. That's a good fun <laughs> question. I'm going to go first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To take the take all the I'm take, take all the, the best ones. answer, which is Hot Fuzz, obviously. Um, Hot Fuzz. Uh, this year, my favorite one, two favorite ones I saw, like Nice Guys and Zootopia, are great buddy cop movies. And I don't think it's out yet here in the U.S. I don't remember, but I saw it at South by Southwest. This means war with Alexander Skarsgård and Michael Pena is a weird one, but a really fun one. So there you go. Uh oh crap. I mean mine are all like ironic choices. Like if I watch a buddy cop film it's going to be stupid. Like if I watch like a teen comedy it's going to be stupid. So like you got your Theodore Rex. You got your like cop and a half. Cop and a half. Yeah. Good point. Uh yeah. No, I think uh, I I want to put Kindergarten Cop in there, but I don't think there's really a buddy. It's not I think really it's a buddy. Like there's children. There's the tumor kid. The children like, are his buddies. Yeah, but the, t- the tumor kid is not really like the buddy, right? Yeah, right. But I mean, you could also do like some Turner and Hooch. Oh, I wait, guess. No, he has a female partner. Arnold Schwarzenegger has. Yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think it's like a buddy cop movie. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna do Turner and Hooch for my my okay. my lighter, almost a buddy cop <laughs> movie. Turner Turner and Hooch but is if, great. Yeah, but if I want to watch a stupid blow em up. Buddy Cop one, it's Bad Boys two, and it has been for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm going. Uh, it's funny because this this all intersects because Joanna picked Hot Fuzz, Dave picked Bad Boys two. I'm taking it back to Bad Boys, which uh, is where this all started. Michael Bay's first movie after directing, well, just commercials and music videos. Uh, very funny that Hamilton is now famous because Michael Bay directed the Aaron Burr Got Milk commercial. Which is still one of the best Scott Milk commercials of all time. I mean, it's still one of the best commercials of all time. So. Right. And uh, so, yeah. So, all the way back to Bad Boys, I would also go maybe Tango and Cash. Uh, that's another good one. But yeah. for me, it always goes back to Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, just like the characters from Hot Fuzz. So, <laughs> good. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So, uh, this next round comes from Luke, which uh, presented a number of questions one of which I'm not going to ask you guys, but I am curious about this first one. Luke infers, I have not watched any of this yet, but infers that the second episode of Sherlock was a big improvement in 30 seconds. Do you think that that's true, Dave? 
Uh, yes. Um, like I said in our Sherlock episode, uh, if they were able to build a narrative out of these three episodes in the season that was like good and held together, I'd forgive like a short start, but I'm not necessarily sure we're dealing with Sherlock Holmes adaptations as much as I'm dealing with the show with characters I like at this point. Joanna, what are your thoughts on the second episode? In, in 30 seconds or less. Yes. Why the, is the second episode of Sherlock better than the first episode? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. That's cool. my joke. That it's just one word. Um, <laughs> no, it's much better. It really is, and the, the, it's like best use of Mary. There's not a character that ever bothered me, but this is like the very best use of Mary. As a spoiler, no, I won't say it. Um, and uh, yeah, even though I saw the big like, this is the best thing about jaw dropping reveals is that they should be good even if you see them coming, and I thought it was. Like, I, it was a big reveal that they had at the end of the episode, even though, like, thanks to a lot of hints from Dave and actually some pre-spoilers that were leaked to me, um, I knew what, what it was going to be, but I thought it was well done. And that's that's all you can hope for. So there you go. Nice. Uh, Luke also asks uh, a thought bubble related question, which is, uh, what, uh, <laughs> what new comic books are you reading? What would you recommend to the, uh, starved thought bubble listeners? Oh, I love the thought bubble. Um, cause the thought bubble kept me reading more comics. Like I read fewer comics now than I did when we were doing the thought bubble. But, um, the rec- the biggest recommendation I would give actually is an old recommendation, which is Mark Wade's uh, Archie comic run, that started 2015 because the new show Riverdale, which is not based on that comic, but based in the Archie world is fucking great guys. So good. <laughs> uh, and they actually, they gave at the TCAs, they gave out like a little Riverdale one shot uh, comic, uh, which was really cute and fun. But um, the Mark Wade, which has great art from Fiona Staples and Annie Wu and a bunch of other really great artists. Um, it's it's a really fun comic. So read that. Watch Riverdale. We are definitely going to have a Riverdale Star Spoilers episode. It's happening. All right. That's a spoiler for a question later in the episode. Okay. <laughs> hey. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Um, what are you uh, reading? Uh, well, in terms of things that I like that I'm reading, um, I'm really like still on the we're like unraveling the All Star Batman that I think I brought up on an earlier Thought Bubble crossover episode, but uh, I'm still uh, abstaining from buying Marvel books, which is paining me because Ben Riley's back, and I love the Scarlet Spider in his incarnation, and Mark Bagley's going to be drawing his new book, uh, and they gave him the Spider Side costume, which I don't like, but I like that I know what's going on. Um, that being said, if you want to throw your money at something good, uh, like I did this week, uh, the collection Love is Love by IDW and DC, it's to deal with uh, the Orlando shootings. And so it's a LGBT character sort of uh, collection of short stories um, from various writers. Um, not entirely good. Some missteps uh, that are, you know, well-meaning, but not great. But if you're going to, you know, use your dollar to vote your conscience in the comic world, like I've been doing recently, uh, love is love. Nice. Uh, and I've got one, I don't read a ton of comics, but I picked up, I went to the comic book shop, uh, cause we were, there's a restaurant we like 
next to it when we were just waiting. And I was like, are there any good space-related comics? And I found this one from Image Comics. It's by Kyle Higgins. It's called Hadrian's Wall. It came out in uh, September of last year. and basically combines a lot of my uh, favorite things. It's about an interstellar Cold War. It's about prescription medication. And uh, it's about murder. So those three things... I'm super into. I'm not very far into it yet, so I can't tell you if it's that good, but it is something I am reading, and that's that. All right, so that answers two of the three questions we got from Luke. Here's another one. Real quick, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? We'll start with Joanna. Mm. Jesus. Um, I'd be a redwood tree, my, a mighty California redwood tree. Oh, you stole mine. <laughs> I think I'd be an aspen because I'm like uh, skinny and d- disappear in forests. I think my desire would be to be a redwood tree, to be big and strong and sturdy and only fall down after hundreds of years. But I would probably end up being like a cedar tree, which is something we have here in Austin, which is what makes everyone uh, have terrible allergies. Uh, it's just <laughs> super annoying and everybody hates it. But then you can keep so. moths away. That's sure. Later yeah, on whatever. In life. I don't understand the purpose of those trees, but if that's it, good job. Yeah, You're cedar. ruining my whole life for that. <laughs> cedar cedar <laughs> chests, like cedar lined closets, they all like they keep moths away. So that's why like things holding clothes are often made of cedar wood. Mm, for sure. Um uh, Yeah, okay. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> Next one, uh from at pop review one forty on Twitter. Who picks the music? For your show, oh. we are very much fans of the same rap, and also not yeah, a question, but Fleabag is the best show of 2016. Which, uh, yeah, pretty good Fleabag. So, yeah. uh, Dave, who picks the music for our show? That'd be me. Yay, Dave! Hey, I like I like music. I try not to make it too weird, unless it's you know a week that I feel weird. It really is the, my mood, depending on the edit or if I could make a joke out of it. Nice. So, like for the, this week on Fighting in the War Room, we did a trivia thing that we call patches matches and i found a song about a girl named patches from old shantytown <laughs> so gonna be great nice um all right next one is an email one from joe uh joe writes in i know from twitter that recently joanna was reading the king killer chronicle by mm-hmm. patrick rothfuss are Dave and Neil familiar? Do you have any thoughts on the future movie slash TV project involving Lynn manuel Miranda? And does Joanna have any fan casting ideas? I feel like we're probably eventually going to do an episode on this, right? For sure. That feels that feels right. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I've never read it. Dave, have you ever read it? Nor have I, but it sounds like it might. Yeah, sounds like it might eventually. And uh, Joanna, But Joanna is. Joanna's halfway through book two. Um, cool. book one is definitely like the best book. There's only been two books though. <laughs> um, book two, <laughs> my roommate described book two as the best D and D campaign she ever read, which I think is, hmm. is pretty accurate. Yes. Uh, book one was, uh, my friend described as, uh, Goodwill hunting goes to Hogwarts. I think that's also accurate. So these are <laughs> descriptions of the King killer Chronicles. Uh, I res- I don't know why I resisted them for so long. I think just cause they were so popular and you know how I do that sometimes. Um, but when they announced that Lin-Manuel Miranda was doing like a movie slash TV show about it, I decided 
you know, I can't resist being a smug book reader. So I, you know, went ahead with the books. So yeah, so I, um, fan casting ideas. Um, no, for Kavoth, I haven't thought about it. For Bast, I was trying to think about it. And like the best thing I came up with was Alden Ehrenreich. Um, but he's way too famous now to do that. He's Han Solo. Um, yeah, but if you guys have ideas, uh, you listeners, uh, tweet at me at Joe wrote this. I'm here for all your, your King Killer Chronicles fan cast. I'm totally not going to combine them into a post of some sort. Me? <laughs> do it. I can't, that's, Make do a fan casting that's post. Not, that's not on brand for my publication, but, um, <laughs> 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 but I could do a, 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 a great tweet thread about it. So, you know, there you tweets. Go. All right, cool. Uh, so the next one comes from Max, and Max requested uh, that Joanna reads his question in the Ben Affleck uh, Batman voice, which really I think we should uh, attack this one of two ways. There's no way you could read this whole question in the Batman voice, or you would destroy your voice, and you need that for the TCA. So we'll spare you. Can you do a Ben Affleck Batman voice, I guess, is the better question. Give me a lie, like... You know, because I, I have the, my Christian Bale Batman impression. It's funny. The only ones I can think of are the Christian Bale lines, like, swear to me. Yeah, swear to me. <laughs> um, there you, isn't an iconic wait, Ben Affleck like, Batman line. Do you have to do you have to parrot a line, or could you just you just need a line that would be funny to hear Ben Affleck's Batman No, say? like, I'm just saying, if there is, like, a famous line, I could probably get into the impression. But I've blocked if so you could hit us with the, uh, do, you, do you bleed? Oh, yeah. Do you bleed? You will, nice. right? Isn't that what he says? What yeah. Says? yeah. That's the most famous yeah. thing he says in that whole movie. Well, hopefully he gets to make a, his own Batman movie Does and he, he can have his is, own lines. Is he not the one who said, like, why did you say Martha or whatever? Or No, he does say, why did you say that name? Oh. But his, like, mask's, like, half smashed open. So it's, like, so it's only, like, half Batfleck. Half Batman voice. Half Batfleck, yeah. half Ben okay, or Bruce. Okay. <laughs> Um, All right. Yeah. To Max's actual question, uh, there are, I'm going to summarize here because it's a long one, but there are essentially five big comic book movies coming out next year, two from DC, three from Marvel. If you were to rank them one to five uh, on your, uh, in order of anticipation, one being most anticipated, five being least anticipated, uh, where would you rank these? Let's start with Joanna. That's so funny. Yeah, because I did kind of spoil this earlier, but it feels like, well, now you got to add Wonder Woman and Justice League in. Well, so. but it feels like crap to do this. Sorry, Max, to do this without talking about what Fox has coming because Logan and isn't there another one next oh. year? Um, I feel like there's another really, really good one coming next year. But Logan, okay, so I I would put it number one Thor Ragnarok, number two Spider Man Homecoming, number three Guardians. Number four, Logan. Number five, Wonder Woman. Number six, Justice League would be what I would do. Um, like, no, Justice League is like negative 20, really. But um, anyway, that's, what, that's, my, that's my ranking. So what do you guys think? What do you got, Dave? Uh, I'm going to say most anticipated would be Spider-Man Homecoming. Second most anticipated would be Wonder Woman. Third most anticipated would be Thor Ragnarok. Fourth, Guardians 2. Fifth, Logan. Sixth, Justice League. 
All right. I'm going to throw a whole wrench into all of this. Uh, <laughs> number one, I think, for me, is Logan. Number yeah. two is Wonder Woman. Number three, by a country mile, is Lego Batman. Um, <laughs> and then I think it goes Spider-Man, Guardians, Thor, and then, like, number 19 on the list is Justice League. I can't wait to re- to revisit this list once you've seen Thor Ragnarok, Neil, because... I- Thor Ragnarok is the one I'm setting up to be the biggest surprise because I expect a lot from Guardians. I have uh, very high hopes for Spider-Man, but Thor, I just, I have kind of low expectations and I know that that'll work out for me because Taika Waititi is excellent. He's a genius. But I am really looking forward to Logan. I think Logan's a a really strong contender this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and Wonder Woman. Who knows? Well, I don't know. This is a good year for... Um, franchises we had given up on, like Thor, Spider Man, and X Men. All the DC movies, <laughs> the X Men origin line. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, this is like this is. I think it it could be a really solid year for comic books. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not that they've been like suffering the box office or anything, but I just think creatively, like this is gonna for be like one people of our... who who are smart and like comic book movies. This could be a good year. I don't know about smart, but like I think it's just um, like who really- like quality. <laughs> you can say, I'll say it for You're you being so much for people who like that I good be. movies. No, I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I don't want to say that. I want to say like I think there's a really creative takes. Like Logan is the most creative take on the X Men universe that we've likely seen, and uh, you know, d- ditto probably Thor. So uh, yeah, I'm just excited for these reimaginings. Nice. All right. Next question from at Ben underscore Glickman on Twitter. I don't know how to answer this question. What does your typical week look like for each of you? So much content creation slash consumption. How do you have time for it all? We don't. I don't. don't. If I I did, I would have watched all of Halt and Catch Fire. Right. Ben, I don't know too much it's tough it really is i will say this uh for the work-life balance of writing about pop culture for a living uh you don't consume as much as you would think you are constantly in the mode of creating content so um you gotta you gotta use those times to when you're gonna watch something very uh efficiently i would say because you gotta watch something that you can turn into something uh, yeah. there's not a lot of wasted time. That's why that's why it's hard to catch up on shows like Halt and Catch Fire or these other shows that we've missed because it's there's no like there's not a lot of extra time to go around when it comes to consumption and cuz we all do also like other stuff. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Well, like, my eyes, like, my eyes have, are always like, bigger stuff. than my mouth. So it's like, I'm more like, yeah, I'll watch all the Godzilla movies again. And then it's like, that's, I love it. But it's, it's having to do targeted content really makes your moments of actual fun content very special. Well, I also, yeah, I also sometimes like stubbornly, I think I've talked about this before. I stubbornly try to find shows that... I can't write about so I can actually just turn off my brain and have like a viewing experience just like every other normal human on the planet. Because when, when all the TV you watch is processed through the lens of how can I have an angle on this, then you're not enjoying it the same way that other people enjoy it for leisure or whatever. So 
you know, it's, it's, it's like if, if you if every meal you cooked had to be like, you know, this beautiful thing that you serve people and it's delicious. And then sometimes you're like, I'm just going to have this bag of Cheetos because I just need Cheetos are that. great. You know, so that's all. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Next question comes to uh, us email from Astro. Besides fighting the war room and little gold men, uh, what are some of your favorite podcasts? I saw Joanna is a fan of the 538 podcast, so I was wondering what you guys use to escape. And I'm, uh, we'll start with Dave because I, I feel like I don't ever talk to Dave about what other podcasts he listens to. Oh, man. Well, it's sort of like a swing through because I walk basically everywhere I go. And while walking, I listen to podcasts. And while doing the dishes, I listen to podcasts, cooking, etc. So right now, I've just been listening to podcasts that are made in Denver, because um, I don't know anybody else that podcasts around here. And I feel like I should be getting more downloads from my state. Uh, so of those, I, if you want to look up one, I would say look up this podcast called Changing Denver. It's really well produced. It's stories about like little neighborhoods or like talking to city councilmen, like 11 to 22 minutes. Uh, the most recent one is about an amusement park we have here that actually uh, incorporated as a town a few uh, decades ago and how that's sort of affecting the fact that basically no one lives there now. It's like a town that has to be an amusement park. So that's kind of cool. And then in terms of our Wondery podcast, uh, our Wondery Network podcast friends, I'm a huge fan of Sword and Scale, which is on break, but that doesn't mean you can't go back and listen to their true crime goodness uh, on on your feed. Word. Joanna, besides the 538 Politics podcast, uh, what are you uh, listening to? And my podcast boyfriend, Jody Avergan. Um, Everybody's I- podcast boyfriend, Jody Avergan. Um, I know, I Everybody like I know loves that guy. I love Jody, but he's like kind of leaving 530. It's really sad. Anyway, um, I love, uh, if the guests are good, I love Doug Loves Movies. I listened to that for years and years and years. It helped me discover a lot of like up and coming comedians, like before TJ Miller or Camille and Johnny or Pete Holmes or whatever, like before they broke kind of wide, I discovered them on that show, but really it does depend on the guests because sometimes it's, it's hit and miss. Um, and then, um, uh, Harmontown, man. I still listen to Harmontown. It's yeah. it's a weird it's a weird thing. I understand why people are put off by Dan Harmon, but like, I'm really <laughs> I really love Harmontown, and uh, they just did like a three part uh, like tour of Australia, uh, which is really charming. Four, four part. Oh, four, four part. Two nights at the Sydney Opera okay, House. Okay, sweet. So four part uh, tour of Australia, which is really really funny. Um, I like that hat. Nice. Um, I've got a couple uh, that I escaped to. It's weird because when you say escape, it's like, how do you get out of your normal bubble? But it's like, I just instantly jump into like politics. So I listen to like Slate Cultural Gab Fest or Slate uh, Politics Gab Fest. And I uh, listened to the guys from Keep It at 1600 who are now on a new show called Pod Saves Pod Save America. I like those guys. Um, and then I also am a big basketball fan. So I listened to uh, the Zach Lowe podcast, The Low Post, which is uh, like the best basketball one. And for interview podcasts, I am 
really into uh, comedians who host their own podcasts, but I really like um, The Truth and Eliza with Eliza Schlesinger. Uh, it's kind of like Mark Maron, but a little bit shorter, so that's good. Um, but I've always listened to the, the usuals, like Maron. Uh, he's pretty good. So it's, yeah, it's comedy, basketball, and um, politics, I guess, or where I go <laughs> to escape. Uh, okay, cool. So this next question is sort of along these lines. It's from Thomas. It is emailed, uh, and he asks for multiple, but we're going to go with one. What is one of your guilty pleasure shows that uh, you don't necessarily ever get to write about uh, and he notes that he, his wife, and his brother-in-law love watching Lethal Weapon and Speechless. Hey, man. Speechless is a really good show. That's so also what I'm told. I support that, Thomas. I don't think that's a guilty pleasure. I'm not going to say the same thing about Lethal Weapon, but Speechless, <laughs> great show. Um, um, yeah. But your guilty pleasure is? Um... This is a hard one. I I guess I, it's not really a guilty pleasure since it's a great show and actually like won a lot of awards and was really highly rated and all that sort of stuff. But I, I you know I don't talk enough about what Frasier means to me as a show. I guess I talk about it on Twitter, <laughs> but like for, I watch Frasier a lot on Netflix. I, like we talk we talked about how there isn't a lot of time to watch shows that like we can't write about, but like it's true that. Like, um, if I want a show to go to sleep to, which I don't usually do, but if I do, it would be Frasier. If I'm like deeply multitasking and need something I've seen a million times, it's Frasier. Like, I will just run through the 11 seasons of Frasier on Netflix. So that's my answer. Nice. Dave? Um, in terms of like stuff that's currently been on TV, I think Joanna sort of made fun of me for liking this procedural, but I still watch Elementary. I don't think I like uh, this. Of you. Oh, stuff like about like I don't know what Dave sees at procedurals, but well, you know, well then, wow. <laughs> fuck you, Joanna, on last week's episode. Man, what did I miss? Uh, yeah, last week? yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's I, I don't really get to talk about it. But luckily, I really like the person who I forget the girl's name now who is recapping at the AV Club website uh, for Elementary, and she does you know. What what uh, Joanna does for Sherlock at Vanity Fair, she did for like a season of Elementary, and I realized that she knew what she was talking about. And uh, now, even if nobody else is watching it, I have one critic that I could read and feel like I'm in a group. Aw, it's like friendship. Yeah. yeah. Except at a distance. Um, I to answer this question first must reject the premise of it because I don't think you should ever feel guilty about anything pop culture wise there's things you should feel guilty for in life but when it comes to liking something don't feel guilty about that it's fine that that's what they're there things are there to be liked by someone is something i realized a long time ago uh but one of the shows that i is currently on that i watch that probably not a lot of other people watch uh or that um snobby people like myself would normally turn their nose up to is superstore on nbc which is that show yeah, and so I mentioned uh, earlier that I spent a lot of time in retail in my life, uh, from age sixteen to let's let's say still in there part time every once in a while. Uh, so it's 
actually a show that sort of speaks to that experience really well. And uh, it surprised me in the retail-y uh, moments of that show. It's uh, very, uh, very honest, which I liked. So America Ferrer, too. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. So Ginsburg, there's that. Ginsburg, Mark McKinney, America Ferrera. Mm-hmm. Be better. He's always yeah. Ginsburg forever. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. You're always yeah, Ginsburg. I love the character that Ginsburg plays on that show because he's like an insufferable hipster. He's great. He's basically the Frasier of Superstore. He's a great character. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, for the Halloween episode, he dressed as Brexit. He wore like a, a Union Jack shirt and an exit sign around his neck. And, like, nobody talked about it the entire episode. At the very end of this episode, he was like, I'm Brexit, by the way, in case, like, no- yeah, anyway. I love that show. Sorry. <laughs> in case nobody figured it out. All right. And, uh, okay, so our final our, our final direct question, and then we have a, a rapid-fire round. Uh, but this one comes from our, our longtime friend, Pat, in Maryland, uh, who is a huge fan of the show. And this is how we're going to do this. He asks, when Game of Thrones wraps up, HBO is rumored uh, to do a spinoff. What period of Westeros history would you like to see? This is going to be multiple choice. So I'm going to give you the answers, and then we'll see which ones you think. So the options are Robert's Rebellion, The War of the Nine Penny Kings, uh, which includes, uh, I think, the Blackfire Rebellion, the Dance of the Dragons, which is the Targaryen Civil War, uh, Queen Nymeria leading her people uh, to Dorne uh, from the Roinar, or leading the Roinar. Anyway, you guys know. Uh, the Doom of Valyria, the corruption of the 13th Lord Commander who dis- declared himself the Night King and married a pale blue-eyed sorceress, or the Dunk and Egg stories, which are the uh, offshoots. So we'll start with Dave. Which of these would you like to see most wait, as wait. a spinoff? Can we do something yeah. more fun, I think? Yeah, go. Which is guess what we think. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll do both. So which one yeah. would you like to see and which one do you think they'll actually do? No, no, so no, we'll no, start no, with no, 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 no. I meant you and I should guess what we think Dave most wants to see. Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, okay. Let's see. But I can't say it because then he'll know what I picked. That doesn't matter. Well, no, I I picked, so yeah. you know I could be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Dave was probably most into the the, the story of the Thirteenth Lord Commander who okay. became the Night King. I would say Dance of Dragons for polygon reasons. Dave, what's your mm. pick? It is Dance with Dragons or the Doom that Came to Valeria, but both for polygon reasons. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, Joanna, which which of these would you like to see? First, you have to guess. Oh wait, I'm gonna say. Oh, we have I'm to guess. Say, okay. I'm gonna say Joanna would like seeing Robert's Rebellion, but she's going to pick the Duncan Egg stories. Hmm. Good one. Um, this is like the Newlywed Game, but for Game of Thrones, it's really fun. I think Joanna would go... This is just what the show is from now on. <laughs> I don't know. I think Joanna might go Aegon's Conquest. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. Um, The answer is the Duncan Egg stories. Uh, ah, that was my other one that I was For buddy cop. We've all lost the dating game. Buddy cop 
character reasons. No, Dave and I are winning the Vanilla game. Yeah, dating <laughs> game. I'm going terrible really at guessing. All right. Uh, Take one damn week off. For Neil, <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, this is a stupid, I don't know. I'm going to say Nymeria leading the Ronar to Dorne because anything involving <laughs> Dorne is what Neil wants to see. I'm going to say that or the War of the Nine Penny Kings because I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the only the only cool thing that happens during the War of the Nine Penny Kings, I think, is the might be the Blackfire Rebellion, which involves Sir Barristan Selmy doing badass stuff. Um, nope, Joanna's right. Uh, Nymeria leading the Roinar into Dorne would be awesome. Really, for me, it's just... I would love to see them do the Nymeria and Aegon's Conquest thing sort of together-ish as one, like to tell the story of how Dorne was the kingdom that eventually rejected the Targaryens and, uh, but they'll never do it because they already messed up Dorne so bad they can't go back. But they, if they ever did, it could be awesome. Um, Okay, so, but the second question is, what do you think they will do? I think Robert's and, uh, Rebellion, because... because I think Robert's can, Rebellion as well. Yeah, because then they can just... It's it's the, it's the franchising thing. They can have... We can all, like, breathlessly wait to find out who's playing young Ned Stark. Though, I guess they've already cast young Ned Stark. But, like, you know, who's young Robert? Who's... You know, it's all these characters we know in their... Sorry for Sirens. You know, who's young Jamie Lannister? Who's, like, whatever? Um, and... Yeah, so that's why I think they would go with the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna end up doing something stupid like Westeros Chronicles, and we're gonna get like little snippets of whatever the fuck, like the Jim Henson Storyteller series. But that sounds awesome. What that's are because... you talking about? That sounds amazing. Yeah, like a Game of Thrones oh, anthology that... series. That actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, where it's cool. a different oh, story. Well, every yeah, season. that's that's what I'd put. Well, not I don't even think it's like every season. I mean, they could do like three episodes. I really think at that point, it just comes down to like, can we do the dance of dragons with a budget and what budget would that be? And how many episodes do we squeeze out of that? Only, only if they get John Hurt to narrate it. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. that's great. All in. agreed. Okay. All right, cool. We've reached the, the rapid fire round of this, uh, uh, mailbag episode which i uh, affectionately called cleaning out the rookery because we're cleaning <laughs> up all the the ravens uh so this is we got a lot of questions about would you do a show about blank and this is where we're going to probably reveal some of our upcoming schedule um so or, it's really or uh, long held uh, feelings about other things i guess, i guess we don't know sure so uh, this is sort of a general, and we're not going to be held to any of this. None of this is set in stone. So, but this is more of a: Would we consider doing an episode about blank uh, in general? Should we so all answer gonna... like just yes or no? Like yeah. all three of us? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it'll be funny if we disagree. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> all right. First one is Steven Universe. Uh, y- yes. Yes. Mm, probably not. I've never watched it. It's like <laughs> deep into seasons, right? Yeah, you have so, a lot of catching up. Yeah. Can't sh- do it. They're short episodes, but okay. Oh, that's fair. Doctor Who? Yes. yes. Yeah, we're probably going to do a Doctor Who episode. Uh, this one, uh, about to come out, a series of unfortunate events. I'm thinking yes. 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 Yeah. yeah, we're probably going to do an episode. Uh, this is really more for the two of you. Would you do another Sherlock episode? I mean, I kind of feel... I know we're just to say yes or no, 
But I kind of feel bad that we did that Sherlock episode after only one episode. Like, I feel like we should have waited for all three episodes of the season. But, uh, so the answer is yes, but probably we won't. But probably we should. I will do another Sherlock Holmes anything. (laughs) (laughs) So we might do like a, maybe we'll do like a mini-sode or something like that when the season's done. Uh, and here's one that I'm actually just more curious have have any of us watched it. Uh, it's The Magicians, which is that uh, sci-fi show. Or have you read the books? Yes, I love them. Books and Interesting. show. Uh, books and show. Oh, yeah, um, I haven't done either, but I get, I'm not opposed to it. So let's say, sure. Yeah. Uh, this next one I kind of like. Uh, the great British shows like Black Adder, Spaced, Red Dwarf, and Father Ted... Uh, this was one suggestion that we roll these all together. We might do this. Pip, pip, cheerio. No? Hell yes. Yeah. Anglo- Anglophilia yeah. episode. Let's do it. Yep. Uh, the next one is one I'm pretty certain we're going to do is Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But fun fact, I haven't seen any Twin Peaks at all. Neither have I. Start soon. I think I'm about yeah. to maybe launch a Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, really? And if I Ooh, do, breaking hey, Neil, news. we're hearing about this one before it happens. Um, <laughs> and if I do, we're going to start with, because the, you know, the, the revival doesn't happen until May. So we're probably going to start with like a rewatch podcast. So all the people who are intending to rewatch the show before Twin Peaks airs can watch along with the podcast. Then some, then a little fire walk with me, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, new Twin Peaks. I, I will or... say from the TCAs, live from the TCAs, on Sunday I got to talk to Imagine Amick, who is one of the stars of Twin Peaks, and it was like really very, she's awesome. And, uh, and then I got to sit on this amazing Twin Peaks panel where David Lynch came out, said the lynchiest, lynchiest shit you've ever heard in your life. Someone was like, What's your process like working um, with uh, Mark, whose last name I can't remember, who's the co-creator of Twin Peaks? They're like, what's your process like? He's like, well, Mark and I wandered into the woods. and Or like, Mark and I took a journey and wandered into a woods and up the mountain. And there was a stream. And then we got to a valley and we looked down the valley and there was the town of Twin Peaks. And he's just like speaking metaphorically. <laughs> and, and he like every answer was like that. And it was amazing. So. I feel like that's a story that needs to end with, and then I found five dollars. <laughs> and then I found five. And now that, I'm here. And that's why you always leave a note. So <laughs> Yeah. We're definitely gonna do yeah. Twin Peaks podcast. That's breaking news on Storm of Spoilers. Joanna's gonna do a Twin Peaks podcast, maybe. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. When Joanna says she's gonna maybe do a podcast, like it's it's already <laughs> yeah. happening. Don't just, just subscribe already. That's some behind the scenes for you there. Uh, all right. So the next, there's actually three that are next that I feel like we, it's The Leftovers, Mr. Robot, and Ash versus the Evil Dead. Are we ever going to do these? Mm. I would do I'm a Leftovers say, podcast. That's the only one I would do. Oh, did I tell you I know how it ends? No, we'll talk off air. Okay. Well, I don't want to <laughs> tell you uh, how it ends. I just, I don't know if I told you that I know how it ends. Mm. Not important. It's a conversation for later. Leftovers, maybe. Now there's uh, going to be great Mr. demand Robot. for that podcast. They're going. People are going to be like, "We need to know." <laughs> Dave needs to spoil. Well, I cannot. I could not broadcast how the leftovers ends. Um, Mr. Robot, 
I I don't I managed to just miss that in its first season entirely and therefore never like got its hooks in me. So I wouldn't be against doing a Mr. Robot, but not off the top of my head. And Ash vs. the Evil Dead, maybe I don't know how much that I haven't watched any of it, but I would only really be interested in it if it is like world building off the Evil Dead movies, which I don't know if it is or not. That's how ignorant I am. I would do a podcast yeah. about the Evil Dead movies, but I have not. Seen, I have not seen a single episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead, despite my love of the Evil Dead movies and despite my love of Bruce Campbell, the Mighty Bruce. Man, we could just do an Evil Dead movies podcast, and I think I'd be in pretty good shape um <laughs> all right well in this last one uh someone asked if we uh would consider doing beyond rick and morty which we're doing some rick and morty <laughs> in some manner um <laughs> when it gets here <laughs> whenever it shows up but are there any other shows animated shows like on cartoon network that uh you would like to cover and this is really a question for you guys because for me it's just rick and morty all day I almost had an Adventure Time podcast with Scott Beggs and Matt Patches and Matt Patches' <laughs> now wife, Michelle. My wife. Uh, that I think you could still find if you search podcast time on Tumblr. Wow. Uh, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, I would do, I would do Adventure Time. Um, This is going to tie the room all together. Are you ready? There is a show. I don't think it's on Cartoon Network. I believe it's a Netflix show called Troll Hunter. Um, starring <laughs> Kelsey Grammer as a troll hunter. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, all right. It's an animated show. He basically plays the Frasier of troll hunters. Um, yeah, uh, you know, troll hunter. I watched a couple episodes. It's really fun. So, uh, but I don't think we'll do an episode about it. So, no. <laughs> But you never know. We do. We go through dry spells where we have to find random stuff. Um, and Yo, that, apparently, we're doing Frasier, Neil. Oh well, I guess that's fine. I've never watched any Frasier. I'm, just, I'm interested. Well, we got to start with Cheers now, what? and then like, by the summer I've, we'll be ready I've with watched, Frasier. Well, I mean, I've never sat down and watched Frasier. Like I've seen Frasier. Like everyone who grew up in the '90s has seen Frasier, and like I know that like Niles is awesome, whatever, and the Daphne's in the show, and Frasier's a radio guy. Oh my God, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do a Frasier. <laughs> but I have watched most of Cheers. I, I know I, that that's a thing. All right, that's if good. You, yeah. If you love Frasier like I love Frasier, you might want to check out the podcast Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs, hosted by Matt Meyer and Kevin Smith. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's a thing that exists. So That's uh, a that's a pod is that a reference to Frasier? Yeah, the theme song is Oh, oh yes. Oh maybe I hear the blues of call and toss salad and scrambled eggs. That's a theme uh, I'm not kidding, that's a theme. She song chose to speak it. Uh yeah, she did uh. chose to speak it. I love how much you love Frasier. Well, I'm like, I, I unironically am just smiling. <laughs> it's just didn't I didn't uh, I sing it with dragon eggs? Was that on on fighting in the war room? I think at some yeah. point. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh baby, I hear the dragons calling. Anyway, <laughs> Frasier. It's what's for dinner. Okay. All right, so apparently we'll do a Frasier show as well. Uh, this the last one is a spoiler for next week. It is uh, one of the more requested episodes, well, one of the more requested shows, and that is Netflix's The OA, which is the new Brit Marling show. So by next week, uh, some of us are going to watch it, and we'll talk about it next week on our episode. Um, yeah. 
Well, I think none of us have watched it right now. Right. Two of us are going to watch it by next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us have any idea what that means. That's yeah. We don't really know what it's about. To being here's my here's what I believe it's about, and I will be delighted to find out how off the mark I am. Britt Marling, I believe, plays a deaf woman who gets disappeared and then comes back, and like, de- like develops this like cult following because of the circumstances of her disappearance. And like, is she a charlatan, or did she actually have some sort of I don't know, uh, alien abduction or whatever experience. So she's like, so there's like a cult following her, which is if you've seen early oh. movies, there's usually a cult. And um, and then doesn't she come back and her her sight is that's I'm reading this on IMDb. Am I right? But like she oh, was blind and now she's okay, not. But now she sees. So it's basically the lyrics of Amazing Grace. Um, <laughs> and that's what the way is. Is that right? Sure. Okay. I I will find out. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll see where that road leads us. Um. But yeah. So that's that's a spoiler for next week. And uh, Dave, I've run out of questions. Oh, cool. Well, until then, let's tell people they can find more of us on the internet. Uh. Well, where some of us will be watching the OA. Well, <laughs> Joanna will continue doing her awesome TCA coverage. Where can we find more of that? Uh, if you follow me on uh, Twitter at Joe wrote this and you want to know what's happening at the TCAs, you should do that. If you don't want to know what's happening at the TCAs, wait a week and then follow me and my feed will be far <laughs> less annoying. Uh, otherwise, you can read my coverage of VanityFair.com, listen to my new general pop culture podcast called Gen Pop, or as award season heats up, listen to me talk about awards on Little Goldman. And Neil, who did more talking than uh, like you've ever you you hosted the show, yeah. you hosted the show. You hey, that's what I get. The show. I took last week off, so I felt like I had to make up for it. Anyway, you can find more of my work at filmschoolrejects.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Rejects. And don't forget to follow our show at Storm of Spoilers. Uh, you can get us on Facebook now, facebook.com slash Storm of Spoilers. Uh, click on all Dave's stuff so he feels uh, better. And just so I beat Joanna. Just as, yeah. And uh, email us, <laughs> stormspoilers at gmail.com. As you've now experienced, we save all of your emails and we will eventually go back and probably do another mailbag episode at some point. So uh, send us your questions. For sure. And I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at DA7E. You can find me this week at Thrillist doing a deep dive on the history of Slenderman, which was super fun. And you can find all my podcasting at fightinginthewarroom.com, including this wonderful podcast, Storm of Spoilers. We'll see you next week. Maybe we will have learned to see again, or maybe we will be lying to you, or maybe this is a (laughs) stupid joke. Nothing you say will ever be wrong cause it just feels good being in your arms and I'm running with you as fast as I can singing to myself I wanna hold your hand